Buenas noches. I just check you with your Spanish, eh? Oh, fuck, I, you know. <laughs> I think we should just do the podcast, but just no speak about Rangers and, like, talk about the Sopranos or something like that for our nerds. No, just fancy doing that, no? I, I think that may be better, eh? I mean... <laughs> A shower of shit, isn't it? <laughs> it really is. Too many buttons, your videos. And the stadium erupts in red, white and blue. You've never seen anything like it. Let's go. Hi everyone and welcome to the next episode of the iReady podcast. As ever, I'm your host Derek and with me is my co-host Dave. How are you doing Dave? Derek, I am refreshed from my holidays but the only thing that put me on a downer was some of the absolutely dismal performances that we watched our beloved team when I was o- over there. That's, that's, that's only sour point of the holiday but apart from that I'm back and I'm ready to go mate. I mean, at least you got away, Dave. I had to go through that absolute dross over the last six games, as well as being working, as well as being in Scotland, freezing my nuts off. Ah, well, what a shame, eh? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, that's probably about as cheery as this podcast is going to get, because we have got utter dire performances to go through. There was a couple of wins, but the performances in them were absolute dross, weren't they, Dave? Yeah, they they certainly were. We're, we're try, we usually try and stay as optimistic as possible, Derek, but even the, the victories were, were really, really hard going, weren't they? But I uh, I will let you get, get into these games just now, mate, and we will uh, we'll try not to dissect them too much, but it's, uh, it's not ha- happy listening, I don't think. No. Before we go any further, though, obviously we've got to make a mention of the sad passing of Rangers legend and Hall of Famer Jimmy Miller, who passed away at yeah. 87 the other day. 12 years at Ibrox between 1955 and 1967, 317 appearances, 162 goals, three league trophies, five Scottish Cups and three League Cups. I mean, that's legendary material right there, isn't it? It, it really is, Derek. Obviously, we weren't, you know, around to see him play, but it's a player that we've heard of, you know, lots and lots over over the years. And as you say, you know, a, a legend at the club. So, as usual, our thoughts go out to all his friends and family, and a sad loss for the club. Yes. So we'll now go down the tunnel and onto the park. Do we really have to, Dave? <laughs> Unless you want to talk about like the you know how how good the pitch is looking and stuff like that, mate. But apart from that, no, really. So anyway, the first game we've got to cover, it was Saturday the 8th of October. It was a 4-0 win at home against St Mirren in the Premiership. Now, you might think 4-0, absolutely fantastic. We tried, at least that was about as much as you can get for it. We left it late on to effectively round off the game. But really, it was not great viewing. Not going to get into the teams because we've got far too much to cover. But really, the first half, it was a straightforward first half, completely in control. Started off with high tempo, got the goal, kept on pressing forward. And more importantly, we're having a go and shooting on sight. Yep. 
Granted, some of the shots were wayward, but we did put their keeper under pressure, especially in the early stages, is what we really wanted to see. St Mirren had only about two or three half chances, one of which, however, was a free header in the box, which they put wide, so dodgy that again from our defence. We did get the goal on the fourth minute, though, and it was Cholak scoring. Going forward on the right, cut inside, break of the ball on the left for Barisic, who it's a fantastic shot from 25 yards off the post, fell right to Cholak, who was running into the box in a simple tap-in. Really unlucky from Barisic there, great execution, but just a poacher's instinct there with Cholak being in the right place at the right time. Yep, I think that's his trademark Derek penalty box striker, and that's you know that's bread and butter to him. Yep. Next thing on the 29th minute, there's three words you love to hear penalty to Rangers. It was a cross into the right from Tavernier. Cholak got a touch and he was taken out from behind. Now, I thought it was a clear penalty. A lot of people thought it wasn't. No, from what I can remember, Derek, it certainly looked like a penalty to me as well. So. Yep. And on the 30th minute, Tavernier duly dispatched it. He made it 2 0 right down the middle and into the back of the net. So that's how really the, the first half ended out. Second half, another straightforward half, pretty much in complete control bar a 10-minute period towards the end. The big difference with this game compared with previous games, though, is, is that we came out the traps flying, looking to kill the game off early on. We were playing with pace and intent. However, we ultimately made heavy weather of it because we never got the goal until the 73rd minute, which yeah. ultimately wrapped the game up. However, you could argue the fact that St Mern really never done anything, so at 2-0 the game was over anyway. Bit of controversy though in the 62nd minute because the ball flicked up in the box, hits off the hand of the defender, ref was looking right at it, not given. That's yep. what Barr was meant to be brought in to solve as well, which we'll get into because it wasn't involved in this game. However, as I said on the 73rd minute, Cholak made it 3-0 on an outstanding goal. Sakala on the left at the halfway line he cuts inside beats two men a lovely through ball to Cholak at the edge of the box who cuts the ball back to beat his man he gets inside the box and a stunning outside of the boot shot into the bottom boot corner past the keeper just great work all round Sakala lovely taking on his men and an outstanding execution from Cholak yeah, it was a great goal, Derek, and something you know that we've not really seen from Cholak doing. You know, he's, he's been that poacher, but there he had a lot more work still to do. He still had his man in front of him, and you know, he just got past him, you know, with ease, and that finish absolutely fantastic. Yep. He was subbed off, though, not long after, around the 78th minute, Barisic and Cholak came off, Morelis and Rudvan came on. The first of many issues about not playing two strikers up, up front, and once yeah. again, Cholak not getting a, a chance at his hat-trick, annoying. Yeah, that's true, yep. However, we rounded off the game on the 91st minute with Sakala, none more than he deserved because he was yeah. great. Uh, we made it 4-0. Lovely ball on the left to Morelis. Morelis takes it forward, a lovely through ball to Sakala in the box who hits it past the keeper. Just great link-up play there from both the players. Yeah, excellent. And I've said that before, Derek. I think if you put the ball in front of Sakala, you know, it's uh, you know he's a, a, a very good good player when the ball's in front of him for him to run, run onto, and that was the perfect example of that, and a brilliant finish by him as well. Superb stuff. Yes. So ultimately, that was that game over, and that's probably as best as it's going to yes. get this this run of yep. games we've got to cover here. That finishes this episode of the. <laughs> <laughs> So the next game we've got to cover, Dave, was on Wednesday the 12th of October. It was a 7-1 loss at home against Liverpool in the Champions League Group A Game 4. Game four. Yep. Uh, Dave, where do we start? I think we can start in the first half, Derek, and then just leave it at that, I think. I think that's, <laughs> yeah. about, it's, uh, that's, that's about the story of the game summed up right there. A wee, just a very quick story to tell you once we've finished this game, Derek, this is how... 
you know, it went for me, but I'll, I'll unfortunately let you get in, into the game just now. Yep. A fantastic performance in the first half. Very yep. positive, taking the game to Liverpool. That said, Liverpool, for large parts, were quite happy for us to have the ball. We were having a good number of chances in and around the box, and their defence looked really, really flimsy. There was a five, ten minute spell when Liverpool were on top. We were making mistakes, giving the ball away but they didn't bother McGregor. That's the, the big yeah. thing. They didn't bother McGregor. Complete yeah. contrast with the way Liverpool played and the way we played in the first leg when they were just absolutely battering us. Yeah. We went 1-0 up on the 17th minute with Arfield scoring. Liverpool lose possession in their own half. Tavernier wins the ball, plays it to Cholak, who plays it to Jack, who squares it to Arfield, who finds a gap between the two defenders and hits a shot from the edge of the box on the right into the bottom left corner. Outstanding all round. It was a great goal, Derek, and it was just at the, the right time of the game, I thought, for us to score because we were starting to really come into the game and, uh, as you say, a fantastic move and a great goal. And at that stage, Derek, I was going absolutely ballistic because, you know, just I think just more relief that we'd actually scored a goal in the Champions League <laughs> more than anything else. But it was a great goal and, as you say, a great move and fantastic for Arfield to get a goal in the Champions League, especially against Liverpool. And at that point, Derek, I know it was early in the game, but really, I would say we were the better team at that point. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we had a shot, another chance just at the back there. It was a mix-up at the back with the Liverpool defenders. You know, Cholak nips in, nobody there with the follow-up pass there. And then Liverpool started to play a wee bit better. And then, really, out of nothing, on the 24th minute, Liverpool drew level to make it one each. Corner into the near post, a simple header in. Yeah. Tavernier not covering his man properly, no man on the post. Where have we seen this before? Hundreds of times, Derek, hundreds of times. And, you know, a really poor, sloppy, straightforward goal for, for, for Liverpool to score, just far too easy. All the good work un, undone with just really, really, really poor defensive play by us. Story of our season so far. Yep, yep. And then it was a bit of an, an even game. Liverpool had a wee bit better chances, but then we were still, you know, play, holding our own. Yep. We weren't disgracing ourselves. 42nd minute, Sakala had a great chance where he dropped the shoulder. Speeds past his man, gets into the box, cuts it back and a shot, but the defender with a great block and cleared. And then arguably that what could have been the turning point of the game on the 44th minute, Goldson had to come off because yeah. he was injured and King came on for him. I know he's been a maligned player on this podcast by myself, but I don't know, maybe today, it's maybe not a fair comparison because it's not really fair on King slating him for what, what then happened in the second half, but... Maybe Goldson is one of the, the more important players on the team. Yeah, I, I had a horrible feeling, Derek. I know that we have criticised a lot, but at the same time, he's a mainstay in the team. And I actually thought he was having an excellent game, to be perfectly honest with you, until he got injured and he had to go off as a sub. And at that point, that was when I started getting the fear, Derek, because, as you say, nothing, nothing against young Leon King, but... Champions League, eighteen-year-old playing playing at the back for for Rangers against Liverpool. It was a very very daunting task for for the young guy, and I did have uh, I, I was fearful at that point. I really was. Well, certainly, as we said, first half fantastic. Couldn't fault us at all. You know, sloppy for the goal, which is as per. But if you make a mistake at this level, you're going to get punished. However. 
it never prepared us for what was about to happen in the second half because it was a complete capitulation. As I said in the post-match for that one there, is that the Juventus game that we played them in the Champions League, the 5-1 game, was seen as our most embarrassing performance. This by far tops it because that was just an absolute shambles for 45 minutes. 54th minute, Liverpool scored to make it 2-1. A quick move from midfield down the right, a lovely cross into the box to pick up Firmino and a shot into the back of the net. You know, they showed their, their class there. Really can't fault that one there. Again, maybe another turning point on the 58th minute, Jack Holt hobbles off injured and just as he was hobbling off, we've seen a shot of Goldson standing on the touchline with crutches, which was yeah. never, a, never yeah. a good sign as well. And then our arses basically just collapsed yep. after that. Liverpool were right at it, shot after shot. McGregor had to make save. Davis eventually came on for Jack on the 60th minute. And then on the 66th minute, Liverpool made it 3-1. Ball given away by McGregor from a punt out. He took an extra touch when he didn't need to, so he had to rush his, his kick out. Three simple touches to passing up in our box and really just stroked home into our back of your net. Pathetic. Yep. Totally, as easy as anything for, for for Liverpool, and that was where I really did start to get the fear, Derek, because I thought they, I think, were just getting through us far too easy, and as you're about to get into it, just kept happening and kept happening and kept happening. Yep, McGregor had a save in the 71st minute, we made a quick break just after that as well, right up the park, and their defender managed to slide in and touch the ball to the keeper to gather it. 75th minute, a long shot from Liverpool just wide, and then they made it 4-1 on the 75th minute as well. Ball towards our half, attempted to clear it, but Liverpool got the break of the ball, flicked up into the right side of the box to Salah, who had only come on a couple of minutes. He controls it, takes it inside, hits a shot from a tight angle into the the back of the net. Barisic looking not interested whatsoever, Davies should have slid in as well to stop that ball going in. Pathetic. Yep, it really was, Derek. There's, there's no much more I can say about that. Yep. 76 minutes, Sakala, Cholak, Kent off, Matondo, Morelos and right on. I don't know if that was ever the answer, going to be the answer. 80th minute, then the world just absolutely fell apart because it went 5-1. Davies gives the ball away with, it, with a poor attempted clearance, quick pass up to Salah, a quick shimmy and a lovely shot, 5-1. Yep. 6-1 a minute later, and it was a Salah hat-trick. A six-minute hat-trick. Yes. It's only yep. just come on the park. It's, yep. it's unforgivable. It's not as if it was amazing play by Liverpool. We gave them the ball three times, basically. Yep. This one, Liverpool get the ball near to a box in the centre. They hold it up, feeds it to Salah on the right, and a great shot into the back of the net. And then six minutes later, the game was rounded off 7-1. Liverpool had the ball in the back of the net after a good save from McGregor. The follow-up ball falls to the Liverpool player. It was initially ruled offside. The replays didn't seem to be offside. After a lengthy VAR check, it was duly given as well. 7-1, game rounded out. It's embarrassing, Dave. Now, Derek, picture the scene. I am down in centre parks in Nottingham. Uh, and we, I came into, they've got a massive sports cafe down there with a huge TV screen so the whole place can watch it. They were advertising, they were showing the game, so I wanted to be there early. I was there two hours before the game started because there was a lot of Scottish people there. So I got great seats, sat down with my son and my family, had something to eat, and then the place started getting busier and busier, and I had a big crowd of scousers to my right, sitting right next to me. I had a load of Rangers supporters in front of me, and at half time, the boy sitting closest to me says to me, oh, mate, he says, uh, you're playing really well. We knew this was going to be a tough one. If we can sneak a 2-1 here, 
I'll be delighted. That's what he said at half time, Derek. Honest to God. And at full time, I looked at him again and he said, mate, he says, after the first half, he says, I honestly would never have seen that coming. And I just couldn't reply to him at all, Derek. I was just in shock that much. So that was coming for them. A complete second half disaster. I was texting you back and forward, as you know, it is certainly the worst performance I've ever seen us play. I don't care the, the opposition, Derek. I don't care the golf and finance. We were at home at Ibrox. You don't get beat 7-1 at home by anyone. It was just an absolute disaster. Uh, I mean, I can take getting beat. What I can't take is a complete downing of the tools by the players in this one. And we'll get into it later once we've covered all the games. But the players just almost as if they had played we're 2-1 down now, we may as well stop playing and it was just a complete lack of basics as well, you know, not putting challenges in, backing away and that's been a feature of every goal we've lost this season we'll get into it later on but yeah. it was embarrassment it was so we needed to pick ourselves up after that it was Sunday the 16th of October it was a 2-1 win away against Motherwell in the Premiership so Dave it was an absolute brutal first half, really yep. struggling to find much to talk about, never mind anything positive. Created very little. What we were creating, we were choosing the wrong option on every occasion. A severe lack of creativity. Some players doing the bare minimum. Some players, the game's completely bypassing them. A feature of our team this year is we're again losing out in midfield, which is astounding since yeah. we have that spare man because we refuse to play two up front. You know, I felt at that point Gio had 45 minutes to save his career because I've only got about three notes here. I think the Rangers official Twitter only had four notes of the game when they do play-by-plays. No changes at half-time, which was absolutely ridiculous considering Tillman was absolutely abysmal in the first half. One of the worst performances I've seen anybody play in the first half. Second half really wasn't much better. We got a goal in the 53rd minute with Tillman scoring funny enough. He had done absolute bugger all up until that point. He should have been subbed well before that. Maybe fortunately never because an absolute stunning goal. He picks the ball up in midfield, drives the ball forward right through the middle of about five Motherwell players into the box and chips it past the keeper. I mean, that's what's frustrating about that boy is you can get 500 minutes of absolute disinterestedness from him and 30 seconds of absolute sublime play. The boy has got it in him. He just doesn't seem to want to turn it yeah. on. Yeah. I don't know if that's him or a feature of the team just now. It was a fantastic goal, although I think a bit disbelief by Motherwell as well, because I think they were the defenders, I think, thought he was just going to keep passing it off. But to, to, to his credit, he just kept going and kept going and kept going. And he hardly had to move, Derek, to, to be fair as well. He basically picked the ball up and he just drove straight at the Motherwell goal. He held off a few players and in, and as you say, a fantastic finish by him as well. So, you know, fair play, tremendous goal. As I say, I think it just a bit of disbelief by Motherwell that they didn't think that we had any players that could do anything like that, <laughs> you know, at that stage. So maybe maybe shocked him a wee bit. But a great goal, as you say, for a guy that had done nothing up to that point. So I will take it one of the, 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 the highlights of uh, the past few weeks where there, there hasn't been many. So I uh, fair play, great goal. Yeah, I mean, I felt he was actually 
decent after that as well. He looked as if he was trying, as if something yep. he got a rocket up his ass because he was actually trying after that mm-hmm. one there. A couple of changes, Arfield Matondo off, Davis and right on not long after. And then finally, on the 69th minute, we made it 2-1 with Lundstrom scoring. Barisic with a corner from the left. Lundstrom running in, he got his head to it. It was down and off the foot of the defender and into the back of net. Bit of fortune, but as I've said, I'll take it any which way it yeah, comes. De- definitely, Derek, especially away from home. When we've been toiling, we'll take any goal in, in any shape or form. So just great to get a two-goal cushion at that point. Yeah. However, we decided to do what we normally do this season and we made it difficult for ourselves in the last 15 minutes because in the 77th minute, Motherwell made it 2-1. It was a free kick from the left side right into our top right. Nobody goes for it. McGregor watches it sail in. It should have never, ever gone in. Absolutely shambolic from McGregor. Now, the sun was shining in his eyes, but if he can't see it, then wear a fucking hat. It was diabolical for McGregor once again. And put us under major pressure as well, Derek, coming at the end of the game, exactly what we didn't want. Yeah, just absolutely dire. 80th minute, Cholak off and Morelos on, once again, you know, yep. no, no two strikers, and we eventually rounded out the game, but Dave, looking for a, a reaction from the players yeah. after that, a humiliating result against Liverpool, yep. and we never got anything. I, it looked I, as if they, they went in their shell. It was it, it, it was a dog fight at, at the end, Derek. We, we really struggled, and you know, fortunate that we managed to get the victory there. We certainly can't say that we were absolutely trousing Motherwell at all, especially you know at the you know the end, end of that game, and it was all you know again sloppy from us. And you know, as you say, we're expecting McGregor to do better than that. But again, it, it was a victory, Derek. Very un, unconvincing, but it was a victory nonetheless. Yeah, I mean, this is the thing everybody talks about. Oh, you're still getting a result, you know, even though you've played bad, and that's a sign of champions. Well, that is the case when this is the odd result that that yeah. happens. This has been the feature all season. Yeah. So the next game, Dave, this is when I really lost the plot and I, I just lost the will to <laughs> even watch the games at this point because it was on Wednesday, the 19th of October. It was a 1 0 win at home against Dundee in the League Cup quarter final. Now, bearing in mind, Dundee are a league below us. Yeah. So that's what's even just more ridiculous about this. And bearing in mind, Celtic, given the fact that we just played Motherwell, we only scraped a victory against them. Celtic were playing away in the League Cup quarter final earlier on that night, and they won 4-0. Yeah. Yeah. That, that just shows you how... how much we've fallen this season. The game itself, though, we started off brightly in the first half, then faded towards the halfway point of the half, in complete control the whole half, and we never looked like conceding, but we lost the spark, we lost the impetus we showed before we scored in the first half. Where have we heard that before, Dave? Yeah, loads. Yep. We, d- we did get the goal in the ninth minute, and it was Davis who scored right on the left, cutting into the box, 1-2 with Tillman, one more touch to make space, a thundering shot saved by the keeper, but spilled right into the path of Davis, who heads home the rebound, so a good goal there. Yeah, it was, Derek, and as you say, you, you mentioned I'm probably the only sort of bright spark in the whole of the first half was Scott Wright playing on the left-hand side and probably done more in that game in that half against Dundee than what Ryan Kent has done all season. So it shows you, and again, no disrespect to Scott Wright, he's not a world-beater, Derek, but, you know, a guy willing to run and take on players and shoot, showing a bit of pace is just exactly what we've been looking for Ryan Kent to do. And, you know, he was by far the best player at that point. 
But you're saying no disrespect to Scott Wright, but he's taken to play a, a team a division below him to actually show what he can actually do. So is 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 it is it maybe the case that the Premiership's not as even his level? So I don't know, Derek. But like I said to you, you would be expecting the established players to be showing their level level above as well, and they certainly weren't against a team in a, a, a lower division. It was uh, it was just a poor a poor showing, Derek. It was just. You know, a game the players looked as if they just wanted it over and done with, you know, and couldn't be bothered in the first half. And as you're about to get into the second half, was probably even worse than what the first half was. Yeah. I mean, after the goal, I wouldn't say we gave up after that, but we lost the urgency, became very scrappy, a lot of wayward passes. Didn't help that Dundee were playing with 10 behind the ball, but that's up to us to break them down. I've said that before. Anything we did have was outside the box and either off target or right at the keeper. Morelos looking rusty, as you'd expect. Had it not been for that, we may have had a few more in goal because he got in good spaces, but his shooting and decision-making was way off. Yeah. Ultimately, in the second half, just looking to kill the game off early, one goal would have been really all we needed to kill the game off. Then we could have got Divine McCann, Roof, a run-out, you know, fringe players or, or youngsters like Divine and McCann that needed some game time. Um, we never done that, you know. Yeah. Never made subs at all until the seventy third minute when Morelis, Tillman, and Davis came off. Arfield, Roof, and McCann came on, and then the more concerning thing is towards the end of the game, Dundee were the better team. Yeah, they were unlucky on occasion as well. We just completely fell off a cliff. This is Dundee, a team in the, the division below us, playing better than us towards the end of the game, and it goes uh, leads leads back into the whole fitness issue with the team as well. At Ibrox as well, Derek. I know yeah. it shouldn't make make a difference, but at home as well, you know, where it's been a fortress for us over the last few seasons. Again, just just absolutely, you know, it was just flat. I think is all you can say about the whole performance. Yeah, absolutely. Um, just uh, an absolute joke. At the same time, you know, it's a cup game. You've got to maybe say right. You've just get through any which way you can into the semi final. But really, after the the season we've been having, the last few results and performances, we wanted a reaction. We never got it. We wanted no, definitely. We, we wanted some youngsters in to show what we can do. Especially considering this, some players in there like Tavernier really needs a rest. He's clearly playing injured, even though he says he isn't. You know, we I think we made seven changes from the Motherwell game, but you wouldn't have thought it because it was all yeah. players that have still been getting game time. So. Yeah. But we got through into the semi-final. We're playing Aberdeen, and that's not until uh, I believe it's not until January because of the yeah. the way the World Cup's working out. So, shout out for me, Derek. I watched the game in the Bluebell Bar, lost Christiana. So I said that I would give him a wee shout out to Craig that runs the bar there. All the staff, yeah, you know, great to see them. Made us all welcome. And like I said to him, it was a it was a great night apart from the match. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, but uh, but but no, it was uh, it, it was a, a a good night for us. But uh, just the, the the performance and the actual game itself were absolutely dire. Just after that game, actually, Lundstrom actually done a podcast with UFC fighter Paddy the Baddy, and he stated he'd been playing it with an injury for the last three weeks. Now it's quite clear that Lundstrom's not been the same yeah. player. Definitely. You could, you could say that about pretty much all the team, to be honest. Yeah. So, you know, that's another player that's injured. And we'll get into injuries shortly, but another player injured. What is happening, Dave? It's, uh, and for the fact for, for him to come out and say that he played with an injury, that's something that the, the, the management sh- should be looking at. We can't have guys that aren't 100%, Derek. 
and there's going to be young players in the team that are desperate to get in and you know there and I know he's been an influential player for us but you know we can't have guys like him we, we need him to be a hundred percent going and f- full on everything and we, we we all knew that there's been something wrong he's not been the same dynamic player as he was for his last season so but yeah he's still playing he's still put, put playing on so it's it's baffling yeah, but anyway, we go into the next game, which was Sunday, the twenty second of October. It was a one each draw at home against Livingston in the Premiership. Just another another dire performance. Eighty percent possession in the first half, six shots, zero on target. The yeah. story of the half. Another insipid performance. We had plenty of possession, but little outlet and creativity. The creativity was basically get to the wing, cross in, lose possession, repeat. That's all we've done. Again, yeah. where have we seen this before? Yep. Now, bear in mind, this was the first game that VAR was involved for us in the in the Premiership. They've trotted out a wee bit early. It was meant to be, you know, after Christmas. It was meant to be just at the start of the season, and now they've ruled it out just just now. So finally, it's there. Teething problems already, which we'll get into. However, the game started off badly for us because Livingston went a goal up on the fourth minute, effectively right up the park from one of our chances, down the left, past the defender, not closed down, gets a cross in on the deck, flicks off the boot of our defender, right to the Livy attacker in the middle of the box, had a whole lifetime to be able to control it, spin and shoot it at the back of it. Just the defending again, Dave. Absolutely shocking, and it was big Nubly that loves scoring against us. It always seems to be us that he gets his goals against. As you say, Derek, he should never have been given the time to, to be able to control that in the box, turn and get his shot away. And don't, don't get me wrong, Derek, it was a well-placed shot, but it wasn't a thunderbolt or a shot past McGregor or anything like that. It was a good finish, but he should never have been given the opportunity there. Just absolutely shocking defending again and out of absolutely nothing which is the more worrying thing yep we created very little after that to be honest uh, it was a i did mention var on the 21st minute the ball was crossed into livingston box right to the livingston defender who takes a swing it spins up and appears to hit the hand of the defender no var check what's the point in var that's the exact thing that is meant to check for there was apparently another incident earlier on in the game which I missed where apparently Chulak was his shirt was pulled in the box as he was going forward. No VAR check there either. No, incredible. Yeah, we'll get into VAR though because it does play <laughs> part later yep. on. So that's really how the first half ended out. Um, second half, we did make substitutions in the second half. King and Davis off, Sands and Matondo on. Now, the second half, we've done the exact same as the first half. Get get the ball down the wing, cross it in, lose possession, repeat. That's all we've done, Dave. 73 crosses yeah, into the Livingston box. When have you ever heard a stat like that before? Absolutely, absolutely incredible that you can get that many crosses into the box, but also absolutely incredible that out of the 73 crosses, how many of them could you say were quality crosses into the box that really caused any, any problems for, yeah. for Livingston? Do you know what I mean? Incredible. Yep. On the 65th minute, there was a start, 80% possession, 10 shots, one on target. <laughs> incredible. Absolutely incredible. Shocking, actually. Criminal, I should say. 66 minute, Arfield on and Morelis on. Two up top, two up top. Aye, uh, finally, yep. 
didn't make really much of a difference though, did it? No, no. On the 78th minute, VAR did play a part again and it was a straight red for the Livingston player. The player had only been on for two minutes. It was a reckless challenge. The referee initially only gave it as a yellow card. It was a, a bad challenge on Morelos. Morelos down for an age. So much so that I went to put the oven on and went for a pee. And by the time I came back, the ref was just about to look at the screen for the VAR and it had been upgraded to red. So okay. good VAR. That was, that's what it's meant for. It was a clear novice error by the referee there. Nobody had any complaints about it, bar the player, obviously. But you know, it was a, it was a bad challenge. He, yeah. he led with his foot and his studs. Yep, it certainly was, Derek. We could see it was quite clear, but you know, it, it took an absolute age for him actually to come to that decision. You know, which we all knew should have been straight away. So, so at this point, it kind of became what you would do in football manager. You can't do fuck all. So you just chuck on a bunch of subs, random ones. However, we did score though, so maybe it did make a bit of a difference. 79th minute, Matondo off, Sakala on now. A lot of people were saying, because he was having a shocker, to be honest. But Tom Miller said he had maybe picked up a wee knock, which I think did happen. 81st minute, Barisic off and Roof on. And we finally got the goal in the 90th minute to make it one each with Lundstrom scoring. Ball on the left, chipped into the middle by Ken, a volley by Lundstrom, and it was deflected into the net. Again, I'm glad it taken the deflection, but did it really just paper over the cracks? Because we yeah. got out of jail with that one there. It's still two points dropped. Yep. It was an absolute honking performance. And the fact that David Martindale came out and said... Well, we knew we could deal with the crosses, so we yeah. just basically forced them into yep. putting crosses in and it played right into our hands. If David Martindale can outmanage Giovanni Van Bronckhurst, the game's fucking up, isn't it? I think that was a sort of stark reminder to how bad things actually are, Derek. And I did say, we'll get into Gio later, but as you say, that just that, that proved a lot and possibly the final nail in the coffin for a lot of people that a guy like David Martindale and again no d- disrespect to the guy but if he can figure out exactly how to deal with Rangers at home and do it effectively with a team like Livingston it's it's very worrying yeah. so next game was the game last night or two nights ago by the time you hear this was on Wednesday the 26th of October a 3-0 loss away against Napoli in game 5 of the Champions League with Group A now Dave I think we would all have been pretty happy at a 3-0 loss before the game kicked off wouldn't we have been <laughs> Derek I don't think there was a single Rangers fan out there that had any expectations for this game at all i seen all, all, all the memes and the gifts out there, eh? people hi- hiding behind their couches and stuff like that when they were watching it. I think we were all feeling exactly the same way. All I was looking for, Derek, was just a sign of somebody to step forward, somebody to say, I'm playing in the biggest stage in club foot- football here, I want to go out and shine. That's what I was looking for in this game. And I also thought to myself, with the team that he put out, just try and hold off as long as possible. Just try and keep it tight as long as possible. But it didn't work out, Derek, did it? No. I mean, you done a post-match for that last night and yep. you've got more notes than, than I've done because yeah. I kind of, I almost gave up at that point because I was just, you know, I was yep. like, Dave's doing it, so I didn't need to take notes anyway. Yeah. Well, well <laughs> but, Derek, Derek, if you want, I can do a very brief summary of the game because uh, I've still got some of my notes here. As long as it's brief, Dave. As long as yeah, it's brief. Yeah, no, like I said, Derek, to Napoli scored on the 10th minute and it's exactly what we didn't want. It was a great ball in, but again, made it very easy for the defender. 
low c- curling cross in, into the box. Great finish by Simeone. And five minutes later, Napoli were just all over us, like a training game. We couldn't get near them. We were chasing shadows. They scored a second goal, which again, criminal defending, a cross in for the left-hand side. The, the striker, Simeone, gets between our two defenders and heads it past McGregor. Just criminal, criminal defending, Derek. And then, you know, it sh- should have been 3-0 in the 22nd minute because they had a shot that cannoned off the bar. And they, they just out-muscled us, they outpaced us, they just outclassed us for the whole of the first half. They made it look like a training game, like an exhibition match. They, they had all the ball. We did absolutely nothing apart from a half chance where Morelos a chance on the 44th minute, a ball played through to him. But again, Morelos doesn't look fit. I think a, a Morelos uh, two seasons ago would have you know, really either scored or you know, had a, a better chance. But he was he had a shot for, for the edge of the box after being put through under pressure, saved by the goalkeeper out, and, and that was half-time. So really one chance for us in the whole game. Napoli looking completely in control of the game. And, you know, Derek, we, we, were, we were actually thankful that it was only 2-0 at that point, weren't we? Yeah, I mean, given the fact that the goals happened in quick succession as well, then you could have been forgiven, well, this is going to be a barrel load here, but fortunately we kept it down. Yeah, we did. So it made a sub at half-time, fashion Sakala on for Scott Wright, who I think maybe touched the ball once in the whole of the first half. And just a few minutes later, almost three, a ball kind of dinked, a strange one, right into the box, over McGregor. We thought it was going to bounce in. Thankfully, it bounced just over the bar. And then in the 51st minute, another chance, a great save by McGregor with his legs. And then on the 63rd minute, actually, I don't know if Napoli just slowed the pace down, because we were coming back into it, Derek, I must say. And we had a, a chance for Alfredo Morelos, a corner in, falls to Morelos at the back post. It was on the volley, so it had to get up. It has a great shot, but blocked by the defender. And then probably the best bit of play for us a, a few minutes later, by the best Rangers player by a mile, and it was only, I think, maybe second or third start of the season, Yilmaz, who I thought was you know by far our best player and he was the only one that looked as if he could cause them a- any problems and he had a great run in the left-hand side, low cross into the back post and how did Alfredo miss that one? Open goal, all he had to do was tap it in, he completely fluffed his shot, it went through his legs and out harmlessly for a corner. I mean, Derek, you know how much I love the guy, but that was an absolute shocking miss by Alfredo Morelos there. Just after that, he was taking off. Him and Tommy went off. Cholak and Arfield came on. And then really nothing until the 80th minute when Napoli scored the third goal. And again, just criminal defending by us from a corner, Derek. The ball was played over to the penalty spot. It wasn't even right in the mix. On the penalty spot... The big defender didn't even jump. He basically ran back and headed it down past McGregor. No, nobody marking him, Derek. Nobody on the post either that I can see, which we, we, we speak about. Just a really simple goal for them to round the game off. So, again, Derek, a really, really poor performance by us in the first half. I think that Napoli could have easily scored five, five or six against us. It was just more fortune that it wasn't. Second half, slightly improved performance by us and again maybe the only very 
the small light for us was the performance of Yilmaz, who I thought was head and shoulders above any other Rangers player on there. He was the only one that looked as if he had any pace. He looked as if he was the only one that could get up, attack and back and defend at the same time and actually looked as if he, you know, he could actually do something in the game, which the rest of them really didn't look as if they could do. But just another poor, poor performance, Derek, and it could have been a lot worse. Yeah, some of the, the guys at heart and hand kind of felt that we weren't too bad and I don't know if it's the run of bad results that have kind of dampened their their expectations that much that they felt that we weren't too bad. The fact that we never capitulated and it wasn't a 7-8-0 like we thought it could have been and we got off with a 3-0 result and that was a good result for us but I don't know, it just in that respect it wasn't 7-8-0. That's about as much as you can take from that game. Napoli are flying high just now. They are got to be one of the the favourites for, for this and obviously the, the, the league as well but I don't know what to go from that. It's been a lesson, a humiliating lesson. But anyway, in terms of the table in the league, we've played 11, won 8, drawn 2, lost 1, scored 27, conceded 10, goal difference plus 17, 26 points, 4 points behind Celtic with a 13 less goal difference than them and we're 7 ahead of Aberdeen. Games to come, Saturday the 29th of October, home to Aberdeen in the Premiership, that's a 3 o'clock kickoff. ultimately drop points there and there is absolutely no way Gio can keep his job after that. We'll wait and see though. Tuesday the 1st of November at home to Ajax, that'll round out the the Champions League group stages. Ultimately we can still qualify for the Europa League but it would result, it would need us to beat Ajax by five clear goals. Dave, that's not happening. No, and I said that in the in the post match last night. As far as I'm concerned, Derek, it's it, it's all over. It's just about pride. Now, I just I want us just to go out and actually just put a performance in, Derek. That's all I'm looking for. Try and score, but it, it's all over, uh, really. Yep. Next game is Sunday, the sixth of November, away to St Johnson in the Premiership. That's a midday kickoff. Wednesday, the ninth of November, at home to Hearts. That's a nineteen forty-five kickoff. And then to round out before the World Cup is Saturday, the twelfth of November. That's away to St Mirren. That's a twelve thirty kickoff. And then we don't play again until the fifteenth of December. So really, ultimately, it's game by game with Geo just now. Dave, I just want to have a wee post mortem of the last few games here, and I've got a few topics here now. Injuries have been absolutely atrocious this year. Yep. It's gone back to 90s levels of injuries. In the 90s, we were playing on a shitty, muddy field with no proper facilities, when they were eating pies, when they were drinking constantly. We've gone Smoke. back to... The, <laughs> smoking high. We've been... We're going back to that level of injury we've got here now. So, in that respect, we cannot legislate for that. However, what it does think is... What the hell is happening in Going training? Yep. The players look completely unfit, especially yep. towards the end of the game. Now, you know how good the conditioning Gerard got the players. I mean, Katic was, is a good example. He went away over the summer and he came back from being a stick man to a fucking tree trunk. Yeah. You know, the guy that, and that was several players that happened. Bassey was another one. You know, yep. that, that happened with this, the conditioning was sublime. The players are blown out their arse by the look of it totally, in, by yep. the end of games now. So the fitness is away. So it means, and we're getting loads of injuries. So are we working too hard in training and it's fucking the players up or they're not working hard enough? And that's the reason why they're getting all these long term injuries. It's got, it's got to be the latter, Derek, surely. 
if they were working too hard, at least you would see fitness levels in certain players. Look at, you know, guys that are maybe, you know, built slightly different, being absolute flying machines or whatever, but every single player has regressed. When it comes to fitness, Derek, I, I can't even say one, and that's why I mentioned Yilmaz, who's probably the last one through the door, who looked by far the fittest and the fastest out of all the players last night. I, I don't understand that. So the next thing here is signings. Now, a lot's been made, and we've said a few things as well in previous podcasts about the signings. You cannot legislate for the amount of injuries we've got. We don't sign players as backups to backups. That's just never going to happen. We've had a shit ton of injuries in creative players as well. You know, you like Sir Tom Lawrence, your Yanis Hadji. We can't legislate for that. I think a lot of people were upset because we never signed anyone on deadline day. We've already spoke about that. We've already spoke about the fact that Ross Wilson, it seems to be more more often than not, the players are not working out. Is Ross Wilson and the manager having proper discussions about what positions that need filled? Because it doesn't seem that way. The tactics that are used by Gio, this again leads back into the fitness of the players. The tactics just don't seem to be working. We've got no set defined play. There's big holes in midfield where we're losing out constantly. Considering we're only playing one up front, we should have that spare man. The like-for-like subs, it's clear that the, the actual formations and the tactics aren't working but he insists on doing like for like subs all the time what's the point in that you're just getting a, a slightly different player playing in the same position what, what's the point if the, if the actual if I, tactics don't work I, I find that strange Derek as well because see when Gio first came into Rangers he looked quite confident about completely changing the personnel, you know, subs and making early subs and, and you know ch- changing the style of play when he first came that's completely changed now. It's as if he's just got his one style of play. That's what he's going to play. It's no working and he's got no other way changing it. And as you say, just like for like, you know, and we've all been crying out for two up front and it's only happened in very short spells, I think, in one game. it's Out of desperation. That's the yeah, only reason why you've done it. It's quite... Uh, it's it's quite incredible, Derek. How we've, we've we've I keep saying this. How we have regressed, and we should still have enough quality in that team with the player that he's got available for a much higher standard. And it just it's not there at all, is it? No, uh, I mean we're getting lies effectively now. I'm going to call it what it is. I know there's maybe a bit of gamesmanship. He doesn't want to give away his team selections by saying right, we've got this player out, that player out. But we're having to find out of players on podcasts which have got nothing to do with football like as I said the UFC Paddy the Baddy podcast we found out Lundstrom's playing with an injury when did we ever hear that we're not yeah. hearing the reasons yeah. we're not hearing the reasons for injuries you know Tavernier said it himself he's not injured it's quite clear that he is injured because he's not playing the same either that he's just shit out of form so if that's the case why is Divine not playing I know it's a big position to fill but right now we're a man down with, with Tavernier yeah Yep. There's a player's attitude completely down in tools. There's certain players in there that I think that are either feel as if they've got the positions theirs because there's no backup. Kent is one of them. We've not got a replacement right winger for Kent. So he just thinks that, oh, I can turn up because I know I'm going to get the game. The attitude was him was typified from last night's game against Napoli where he lost the ball near our box. He was on the deck. 
the play was raging on and he just strolled up, he sauntered up and he couldn't be arsed running up, busting a gut to try and get the ball back or anything yeah. like that. So is it a case of the players have down tools for Geo or is it the case of Geo's tactics are just absolutely woeful? I think it's a bit of both. Uh, it's, and, definitely, it's definitely a bit of both, Derek, definitely. For me, Dave, and I'm normally pretty laid back when it comes to sacking managers, but yeah. for me... I just don't see end this changing anytime soon. Yep. I want it to work for Geo. I really do. Because if it starts to work, it means we're winning games. But I just don't see where it is going to change. And I'm sorry to say, I think it's now time for him to go. And when you've got even mild-mannered people like me and you saying the same thing in that respect, that maybe says it all. I felt a bit stronger than you about it, Derek. I think... He should have left after the Liverpool game. And I know everyone's saying, oh, it's a, a, a gut reaction. I honestly don't know any manager that can that, that should survive their team getting absolutely humiliated like that at home against any level of opposition. So I wanted him to do the honourable thing and leave at that point. It's not going, it didn't happen. And things have basically been papering over the cracks with the, the, the very few victories that we've had, Derek. And as I say, the one that, that really got me was the, the, the Livingston game uh, when, you know, it was 1-1 after what David Martindale said. I said, surely Gio's got to walk away now. You know, he's a legend of a player for us, Derek, but it's not working. And exactly the same as you, I cannot see it changing. And if we come up against a better standard of team, even in Scotland, we'll end up getting beat and we will drop points. This game on Saturday is absolutely massive for us. I mean, the game against Aberdeen at home is massive for us. When, if, you know, really, that's embarrassing. I don't care if there's any Aberdeen fans out there or anybody. So that's embarrassing. We should be going out completely confident that we're going to absolutely batter Aberdeen. And I don't think there's many Rangers fans out there that are, me included, that are confident that we're going to get anything from this game, which is really worrying. And as you say, I, I just can't see where he's going to change it from. There are certain players that I think you know should be playing over other players. I'm hoping now that, that Yilmaz now gets his place cemented in the team because he deserves it after his performance yesterday. But I would rather see the likes of young Alex Lowry, who's, who was back on the bench last night, getting a, a run in the team because we've got no creativity at all. And again, that's quite worrying that we're having to rely on a youngster that's been out injured for, for, for so long that we're desperate for the likes of him to, to, to come in and play. The signings just haven't worked, Derek. I realise that Lawrence and Suter and that have, 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 have been injured, but the rest of them that, that, that he's brought in, the creative players, just haven't played at all. And I know I spoke to you before about this. You mentioned Hadji. I... Like Hadji as a player, I've never said that he was anything special at all. He's a you know he's he's a good player that can turn it on at certain times, but I wouldn't go out and say that he was a must start. But I would rather have Hadji playing a hundred percent over Kent, over Wright, over Matondo, over Sakala, over any of these guys, or Tillman as well. I would rather have Hadji playing in there a hundred percent over any of these guys. So. It is worrying, Derek, and like you, I just don't see it changing anytime soon. The thing about the signings as well, though, is the fact that 
I don't think you can really write them off because they are playing in a team that is devoid of any confidence just now. They're devoid of anything, any fight, any will to win, it looks like just now. I find it a wee bit hard to judge these players in some respects because of that. When, you've, when you're playing in a team where you've got your likes of your Taverniers, your Morelises, your Kents, who are normally fantastic, and they're playing absolute fucking dug meat, then it's not really fair to judge these players. But with everything that's happening just now, until things start to change, whether it be a complete overhaul of the, the tactics and attitudes of players and Geo's formations, etc., or we get a new manager in, we can't really judge these players, I don't think. But anyway, we will move on now because, as you said, Aberdeen is a massive game on Saturday. Geo's living game by game at this point. I don't know, Derek. I thought he would have been away by now. He's still there. Who can tell? Who knows what's going on in the back room at Ibrox, which I'm sure you're going to get into after the match section as well. It's all a guessing game just now, isn't it? Yeah. So now we'll go into the news. So as usual, a bunch of stuff to cover here. We announced the other day there that we have commissioned a statue of Walter Smith. Yes. Not before time, Dave. Not before time. Can't believe that that's been a full year since Walter passed away. Derek as well, which is quite incredible. But, you know, it's it's the honourable thing to do. It's the correct thing to do. And, you know, well done for the people that's made that happen as well. Yes, absolutely. So can't wait to see that uh, being built up there. Next thing here, and this is when the, 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 the backroom stuff starts to take over again, Kyle Fox, the American businesswoman, well, the first fucking thing to say is the fact that she's called Kyle, that's a man yeah. name, because we called her Kylie the last time. There's your, yep. first, there's your first red flag. Anyway, we were originally suing her for effectively copyright and trademark infringement, is still looking to bring together an investment into us. We've dropped the lawsuit, a mutual thing that seems to have happened, and she's still exploring things. From reports, I believe she's wanting to get full control of us, but will be happy with 25%. It's really up to the existing shareholders if they want to sell to her and her uh, backers. Depends what they are offered, ultimately. some They could be offered 1p in every share or they could be offered a pound in every share. We just don't know. Nothing they spend on acquiring shares will go to the club, though. It'll all go to basically buying the, the shares off the shareholders. The whole model of the, the, the way Rangers are set up now is that so that no not one person has control against ultimately 51% like David Murray, like yeah. your Craig White. So they basically can't sell the club yep. from, from under the fans or anything like that. So hopefully that will still stand. But you just never know because we've got that many different businessmen who hold certain percentages. So say if you got Dave King selling, if you got all the other businessmen selling up that wanted to, they could quite easily you know, buy the shares and own more than 51% of the club. So I don't think that will happen because we've got people who are Rangers fans involved, but depending on what happens with finances, which we'll, we'll find out next month in the, the AGM and when the accounts are, are published, you know, we don't know how much of a dire situation we're in. I would like to think we're in a much better position than we have been, Derek, with the... Uh, European exploits, but as you say, until it's all out in black and white in front of us, you know, we, we, we can't take anything for granted considering where we've been in the past. Yep, 
So we'll wait and see where that comes that comes to. Next one here is our head of comms, David Graham, has quit his role. Now it's apparently personal or family issues, I believe the reason was given. So I hope all is well in that respect there. I mean, a lot was made about his appointment uh, by the usual media people uh, because yeah. he was a member of the Orange Order and a DUP councillor. I thought that the second of those roles may have stood him in good stead for being a good PR person. However, I think it's been a lot left to be desired, isn't it? Uh, yeah. I think poor PR all round, especially from the Sydney Cup point of view, a few prickly statements, a few of them were ambiguous to who they were aimed at, either fans or the kind of Dave Kings or whatever. Really, I don't think it was good enough appointment whatsoever. I think we need to get a professional and established PR company and not one of these fly-by-night startups which Celtic got into, whatever they were called, I can't remember yeah. their name. Certainly not the likes of Dream Trainer. I think we need a worldwide brand PR company in to, to handle our PR now because it's been fucking dire for years and years and years. Yeah, as, as you say, especially, you know, some of the statements that have came out have looked extremely amateurish, Derek, haven't they? So, but again, we'll just have to wait and see what happens with that one. Yep. Next one here, as Barry Scott has resigned as director of the company to pursue other business commitments. So I hope all is well there. Um, yep. Thank you and yeah. wish you all, all the best. Yep. Yep. Next one here, which certainly drew the ire of most Rangers fans and clearly the board as well. Rangers head of partnership management, Ollie Pfeiffer, has left his role also, this time because of his own absolute stupidity. He's a Liverpool fan and he posted a picture of himself in the Liverpool end after the 7-1 game yep. saying, easy. Yeah. No issue whatsoever with him supporting Liverpool. No issue with him even being in their end. But keep that shit away I'm from social media. I I mean, that is the absolutely most ridiculous thing that I've seen. I mean, how on earth the guy could think that he could get away with posting anything like that is incredible. And, you know, how to win friends and, and influence people, Derek A. Eh? I mean, that's yeah. ab absolute stupidity. And he's only got to sell to blame for the position that he's been left in. Yep. And the last piece of news about the board, in, in a way here, is that Drill Rap Group Triple Zero Ones <laughs> shot their new video on Ibrox. Yep. Fucking embarrassing, Dave, wasn't it? Derek, I'm all for these, you know, young groups. I, I realise it's not the type of music that a lot of us old farts will be in and, and stuff like that. I didn't have as much an issue with it that a lot of other people did. I've never heard of them <laughs> there, but I, I can't say much. I, it didn't upset me as it did a lot of pe people, put it that way. I mean, I don't think, it's not the, the music's not the issue, Dave. It's the way they're dressed. And given the fact <laughs> that the piss you get between UVF, IRA and all that kind of thing, when they're dressed up looking like that, ultimately... It's just not a good look for Rangers, I don't think. I mean, no. I think uh, they were in the dressing room on the park. I mean, it was a well-shot video, I'll give them that. But, <laughs> I mean, I would I would like to think that Rangers were paid for it, put it that way. But for the club to associate themselves with that, it just looks amateurish, and it doesn't in keep with the stature and the class of the club. It really doesn't. So I just don't know what they were thinking with that one there. I think... Uh, I think you hit the nail on the head, Derek. I think it was just more the more the the, the costume choice than than anything else that is that that would cause any issues. Wasn't it very well thought? I realise that that's these guys a sort of trademark, but even so, you would have thought they would have done. If they wanted to conceal their identities. They could have wore 
different types of masks or whatever, I don't know. So, yeah, I think that was the main thing, was just the uh, the whole way that they were they were dressed and stuff like that. It did, didn't look good. I'm, I'm probably going to get some sort of triple ones hex put on the now or something <laughs> like that, I don't know. Get some hate mail on the, the Twitter. But anyway, but I mean, all that kind of combined with all the shit that's happening with American businesswomen we're suing them then we're not and then yeah. the, the head of comms leaving Barry Scott resigning Ollie Pfeiffer arsehole and then this shit and then all the issues Ross Wilson and then combine that with the fucking shit that we've had to put away on the park everything is just there's something happening at Rangers just now maybe Dave King was right all along that the board don't know what they're doing Something's rotten at the club, Derek. We've been saying it for a wee, wee while now. It's evident now, uh, just with the way everything is happening. You've hit the nail on the head. It's not just on the on the park; it's off the park as well. That things just are a shambles. There doesn't seem to be a well-run part of the club at all at the moment, which is worrying. And you know, we'll get back to speaking about the AGM. It's going to be very, very interesting just to see. Where, how far we are with the finances of the club, you know, for the last sort of 12 years or even the last six months, just to try and find out exactly what's happening. But uh, I'm hoping and praying that that at least is going in the right direction. But as you've said, the, the way the club's been run just now, you just never know. No. But anyway, next thing here is Adam Devine signs a new deal until 2025, as does our third choice keeper, Robbie McCrory. So glad we've got them both tied down. But given the fact that, once again, McGregor is back between the sticks, Robbie McCrory has been punted away, effectively. He's, I think he's on the bench for some of the European games because just we need to fill up the space on the bench. And McLaughlin seems to be the second choice. Uh, what, what's the point if he's not going to get his game? Consensus from a lot of Rangers fans I've, I've spoken to, Derek, is that that's who we should have went to to be our first choice at the start of this season. So, But it didn't happen, did it? No, I think McLaughlin's been harshly treated after that Celtic game to be honest as well I know he did pick up a wee knock which is why he wasn't playing but oh, I don't know Just again it's one of these baffling decisions by the by the playing staff next thing here is Celtic were fined £13,000 by UEFA for their fuck the crown banner in contrast Rangers were fined £12,000 for improper conduct of the team because we picked up six yellow, yellow cards in the match against Napoli the first game. <laughs> so Celtic, for improper conduct, that has nothing to do with football, get fined 13 grand, but we get fined 12 grand for a card-happy referee. Yeah, exactly. Money-making money cartel, that's all UFR. The last piece of football news here is obviously Steven Gerrard got sacked and he's left his role from Aston Villa. Now, it's not something I take great pleasure in at all, but Gerard was someone who clearly saw thought the grass was greener on the other side. Now, absolutely, we thank him for the job he done. He made us respectable in Europe and he gave us 55. However, we need to all remember that it was him who stopped players being sold, which broke the, the player transfer model. And the way he left will always be a black mark against us as well was always a strange move from because I said at the time Villa were a mid-to-bottom Premiership club, relegation fodder every other year, and you really can't call them a big club because of their historic success. They've done fuck all in the last, what, 20 years. So I just think, that, you know, people were saying, oh, you shouldn't slag him off, you know, he done great for us and all that, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, that, that's absolutely correct. But at the same time, he's left 
I don't don't take great pleasure in it, but one of these things, isn't it? It's football. As it I think we we all believed in him, Derek. I think the fans were all hundred percent behind him, and I think it was just the, the way that he left more than anything else that will be a sour point for me certainly. And if you look at hindsight, Derek, he could have been the man that led us to playing in Seville last season. He could have been leading us out against Liverpool, which would have been you know even bigger for him personally than anything else. And it wasn't to be. Uh, like you, I'm not going to get, get into it and say, you know, get it up here or, or whatever. Is it? A lot of other people have, but certainly he's, uh, I don't think he, he, he ruined his tenure with us just by the way that he left and, you know, for the sort of reasons that he gave as well. So, uh, aye, uh, these things happen in football, as you say. Yeah, I mean, obviously there was slight similarities there with him and Sunis, but Sunis left for a massive job, Gerard never. So, yeah. and you've got to remember, as I mentioned there, Gerard effectively broke the player transfer model. He refused to allow anybody to get to to leave the club in that window after fifty five. His job was then to beat Malmo and get us into the Champions League. He failed that, so we never got the, the transfer, we never got money in from the Champions League that season. And then we obviously went on the, the Seville run. We started off the league shit. I don't think we would have got to Seville had he been there. So, swings and roundabouts, I suppose, isn't it? Yeah. So, Dallas man ruptures his wife's bladder by blasting an air horn in her vagina. <laughs> Peggy Saunders, 33, is recovering at a local Dallas hospital after she was admitted the night before with a ruptured bladder. Peggy's <laughs> husband, Greg, set off an air horn inside her vagina while she slept. At 129 decibels, air horns can permanently damage your hearing. Peggy was to learn that, that when set off inside her vagina, it can also rupture bladders. Earhorns are not designed to be used in tight confined areas due to the high risk of inher- inherent injury with high decibel devices. Oh my god. When her husband inserted and blew the horn in her vagina while sleeping, the sound had no place to escape. Pressure would build up inside her vagina and shock waves would pulsate at an incredible rate. The only comparable thing that comes to mind when talking about the sheer shock of vibrations caused by the horn would be being electrocuted by a car battery. The bladder walls are notoriously thin and susceptible to damage. The pressure caused by the, the horn blew a hole in Peggy's bladder. <laughs> Derek, I'm, I'm desperate to hear the reasoning for this whole act. Authorities believe Greg acted with depraved indifference and is being charged with second-degree assault charges for the attack. He is being held on a $50,000 bond while his wife recovers. Oh he claims the whole incident is a misunderstanding and it has been blown out of proportion. Well, the, <laughs> Quite literally. That, that's not the only thing that's been blown out of proportion, is it? <laughs> Peggy plans to file for divorce. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> and do you want to know something, Dave? He looks a spitting image of Wayne Rooney. <laughs> It's pretty bad relative, no. <laughs> was was it was the woman about seventy? Well, well, oh, I'm not going to go there, Dave. <laughs> oh dearie dear. So on that note, we will on end that. the podcast. Yep. So. 
Dave, it's been a tough one to do tonight. Six games of pretty much dire performances. Well, really five, but can't really take much of a 4-0 win against St Murn when we made heavy weather of it. But uh, I don't know what's what's going to happen next, Dave. I mean, we need to act now if we need to if we need to change the manager, I think. Um, but we'll need to wait and see what happens. I don't think it's going to happen. Derek, I'll be, a hunt, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I think he, he'll still be there up until the World Cup. And then, you know, after that, I can't see them doing it. I think if they were going to do it, it would have been after the Liverpool game, certainly. Uh, you know, but he's still there. But, but like you, Derek, I just can't see how this is going to turn around for us at all with him still being in charge. So, like you said... Apart from your wee story at the end there, that's the only bit of hilarity we've had tonight. So, uh, <laughs> but no, it's it's looking bleak at, at the moment, Derek. So again, we'll just have to wait and see what happens. Yes. So another five games to go before the World Cup starts, yep. and we've got a wee break. Uh, funnily enough, the last game is two days before my my daughter will be born. So, well, uh, God knows what games we'll get to watch then, and what podcasts we'll get to do. So enjoy it while you can. Exactly, yes. (laughs) So, on that note, thanks for listening and goodbye. Take care, folks. Bye bye. And the stadium erupts in red, white, and blue. You've never seen anything like it. Let's go. Annoys me, Dave. <laughs> you've still you've still got more games to cover as well, Derek.